Welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost, a strategist and changemaker. I'm the CEO of Spark Policy Institute, founder and principal at Choice Strategy Group, and contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Influencer. I lead at the intersection of strategy and impact, where I turn ordinary individuals into strategists and changemakers. Let's get started. Folks, this is Kyle Brost with the Art of Strategic Reaction. Excited to have Bennett Tanton on today. He is the vice president at Battlesite Technologies, which they're doing some really cool stuff that we're going to get to talk about. Uh, Kratak, a, a cool technology that they're working with. Some really fascinating stuff. And Bennett has an awesome story for how they've gotten to where they're at and just personally how he got to where he's at. And so uh, looking forward to having a great conversation with Bennett today. Bennett, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about this. So uh, just before we jump into, you know, the whole story of kind of your life, tell us just a little bit about Battlesite Technologies. So Battlesite is a, it's a, it's a technology company uh, where we're spearheading technology for the front line, uh, the front lines, innovating products for warfighters, law enforcement, um, first responders, and really trying to enhance, to bring products to market that enhance their day-to-day operations, um, their well-being and the productivity of just being able to do their jobs more effectively. Um, that That's in a nutshell what we are striving to do. Awesome. And you're a co-founder with a partner, right? Yeah. His name is Nick Ripplinger. Uh, he is a medically retired Army veteran uh, and he... His background is mainly in he's he's an MBA, but he's got uh, a security background um, doing uh, mainly cyber type security specialist stuff. So so what led you to to form this company, Battlesite Technologies? So the story is literally uh, Nick and I met a few years ago because I, I used to do a podcast myself and I was interviewing him because he had just authored a book called Frontline Leadership. Um, and I was, you know, we were doing an interview and we just kind of hit it off. Next thing I know, we're we're chit chatting online uh, over, you know, a few months pretty regularly. And then uh, a friend of mine was starting a mastermind group and I approached Nick to see if he wanted to participate as well. So then we got closer and closer. And the next thing I know, uh, probably a year after we met, Nick calls me at like 11 o'clock at night on a random Wednesday or Thursday and says, if I had this technology that I could bring to bear, what would you do with it? Um, so basically what it is, is a micro encapsulation technology that the air force developed. Um, and it's for this, for the Kratak, which is our product, which is a chemiluminescent writing device, which is basically a, a, a fancy way of saying it's a chem light deconstructed into the form of a crayon that you can write with and it glows in the dark. Okay. So okay. he goes, he goes now as a, cause I was, uh, my background is, is I was a reconnaissance Marine and U S army infantryman. And he says to me, what would you do with this in a tactical situation? And I, I couldn't stop giving him reasons. And he's like, well, okay. So you want to make it? 
And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like I have no, I mean, I have business experience, but not, not in anything like this. So I was like, you know what? Let's take a chance. Right. It's one of those things. I was at a crossroads with some decisions I had to make uh, professionally. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's figure this out and let's just do it. And that was kind of the story. And that was a year and three months ago now. And, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's been a ride, but it's been awesome. Well, I can imagine. So you in, in doing this, you had no background in the technology, no background in, you know, uh, developing tactical equipment or anything like that. None. I mean, I, I had sold tactical equipment in a company that, that I had and I used a lot of it, but I never created it. Um, so but what, the, what the gave you the thing, confidence that you could do this? Um, I just, I, 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 that's a very good question. I, I just said, you know what? It was one of those things where I literally just threw my hat in the ring. I was like, I got the gut feeling that it was right because I knew the, I knew the end user because I was at one time that end user. And I'm like, I can make this happen. We can do this. We can find the right people to help us with the chemistry and help us with the setting up a, uh, a, you know, a, what the heck is the type of line? Like a manufacturing line, right? And then all the procurement that goes with it. You know, other than buying stuff on Amazon, I don't really have a lot of procurement uh, experience, <laughs> right? So, sure. so it's it's about finding the right people, the right deals, and all that stuff. And and I was confident um, that I could go out and find the right people. And so was Nick. So we were like, let's just do this. I think that's a, that's a great point. And the reason I ask is because I think there are a lot of people that wait to do something because they say, well, I don't know enough about this. I don't have all of the answers. And what you're saying is you didn't feel like you had to have all the answers. All you had to do is know where to find them or find someone who could. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we, we wrote a rough business plan out, like a plan of attack, and we just followed it and went at it. You know, found the right people, um, people way smarter than us in, in a lot of things. But it's about putting putting the, you know, connecting the dots. And just about anybody can do that. You just have to be able to, you have to be willing to put it out there. And and that's really what the message is. It's, it's a matter of, I mean, General Patton, everybody knows who he is from World War II. Yeah. One of his amazing quotes to, to me is a good plan violently executed today is better than a perfect plan executed in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Right. Because, because, because the plan, a plan of attack never survives through first contact. It, it's just once you make contact with whatever you're doing, whether it's in business or in war or, or anything like that, Murphy, Murphy's law will kick you in the butt every time things change, things, um, evolve. So you have to be flexible and you have to be able to have enough confidence to roll with that and be able to say, Hey, okay, well, plan A is gone, but here's what's left of plan A. So let's institute plan B and move on with that. Or what are we going to do? Yeah. And, and you just have to have the gumption to try. Yeah. That's big. Cause if you're not going to try, if, if you don't try, you, you fail immediately you fail. So I think that's a great point. And it, it, I've said this on the podcast before, but it reminds me of Mike Tyson's quote, which is everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. Absolutely. 
that's one of the best quotes ever because that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it just never, it, you get caught in the mouth and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Right. Yeah. Well, and, it happens to yeah. everyone. That's yeah, it does. I mean, that's the reality is people are spending so much time trying to create a perfect plan, thinking that they, that it can actually be created and it can't. You're going to get punched in the mouth. That's just the way that, you know, taking some risk and getting out there goes. Right. I mean, you can mitigate for a lot of things, of course. Right. You know, having having your your, um, you know, the right people in place to do the accounting, to do the finance, to do, you know, have your. Um, what's the new phrase that, that they've been using for the um, finance lawyer? Okay. You know what I'm talking no. about? Bye. There's a name. Oh, I can't remember the acronym, but it's a bail team. That's okay. It. Um, yeah. So you're, you know, your lawyers, your accountants, your having those place, people's and people in place is huge because you can always defer to them because they're experts. Right. right. Um. In, in a lot of things. So having a bail team in place is, is a huge thing. And then find yourself some mentors and advisors that you can lean on a little bit when the going gets tough. Well, Cause most of the time they'll. Yeah. So. Well, so what's, what's the impact of having a strong team of advisors and mentors been for you? Um, immeasurable, <laughs> just absolutely immeasurable. Uh, it, it, um, I mean, when it comes to contacts and you're literally getting into a industry that you don't know a lot about, right? Yep. Other than you were on the defense side uh, as a as a soldier, but it, there's a lot of ins and outs with that, especially with government uh, regulation, because that's a whole other animal with this this product. Like we can't sell internationally without permission from the state department. And it's like, how do you, how do you do, how do you do that? I mean, Google search will tell you one thing, you know, like you can find out the info and where you need to start, but then it's about getting on that phone or beating down those doors to get those people there. And a lot of times advisors or mentors, one of our mentors is in the tech space and he just was a wealth of knowledge. And he's like, maybe you should give this person a call or give that person a call or the, the idea of, um, getting the funding, you know, cause obviously this all takes money. So knowing people that know how to navigate grant writing, uh, how to just raise money in general. Yeah. Right? Well, I think your comment Though that, that all came, I think your comment about Google was, was an interesting one. You know, Google can take you to the kind of obvious places, but it doesn't capture the nuances of your situation. No, absolutely not. Whereas this this network that you're talking about, having these mentors and these uh, you know these people that are on your team, they can help navigate those nuances and they can help connect you with the people, other people who can help navigate those. But but Google's just going to give you you know a broad experience. Not here's what things look like for your experience specifically. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that's big. And social media, social media is such a, an ally. If you, if you use it correctly. Yeah. I've got people that I talk to that I've never met in person, but I've created value for them in one way or another on social media, whether it's directing people to, to them, to help them with business that they were more than willing to reciprocate to me when I needed help. 
right? So it's just about being a good citizen within the business community as well. And that doesn't always mean locally. Sometimes that means in, you know, LinkedIn or Facebook groups yeah, and just being engaging. Uh, people take it for granted and our people put a lot of, they'll poo poo those ideas, right? They'll be like, you know, that's just ridiculous, but come on again, you don't, you're not going to succeed if you don't put yourself out there. And that's just another way to do that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, and, and your point about people kind of shooting down ideas is, is well taken because we, we want people to have, have the same level of buy-in and excitement about our ideas that we do without recognizing that we've spent tons of time thinking and brainstorming and conceptualizing these ideas before we really share them with other people. And they have it. They're hearing it for the first time. So they haven't thought through the ins and outs, all those things. And so they get shot down a lot. But the reality is there's, you know, 8 billion people on the planet. If you're out there connecting enough, you're going to find somebody that that idea resonates with. Absolutely. Yes. And there's always somebody. Yeah. Right. But you have to go out and find them. Heck, I look at, I look at that. (laughs) This is ridiculous. But I look at Post Malone. You know who Post Malone is? Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I look at him. He, you know, he's like I, I live in I live in Syracuse, so okay. he's he's kind of from here originally. Okay. So yeah. well, the guy's like the guy's <laughs> crazy, right? And yet he's got a huge audience because he resonates with like he just found his audience. But if you just saw a picture of him, you'd be like, "How is this guy going to be winning Grammys?" Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You're like, wait, what? Look at this guy, tatted up right. face and gold teeth and the whole thing. And you're like, come on, right. man. No, it, it is. It's about, it's about, and, and you know what? This is the thing is everyone, I love it, especially with guys like him is you, you don't see all the work that he put in to get to where he's at. Yeah. Right. For sure. uh, all you hear about is all of a sudden he's got a hit record and you're like, who is this dude? And where did he come from? But they didn't, talk about they don't know about you know what he did in houston in the underground scene to get to where he was at yeah right so i mean even the biggest people in the world when you're talking about music like eminem we all kind of know his story right and give me a break you know that your story is not that different it just might start in a different place and it might be in a different industry and you can't be afraid to just pull the trigger and go after it and you're going to fail. Absolutely. Right. I mean, you are, I, I mean, I'm not one to, to paddle failure porn. Right. I'm just not, <laughs> uh, I'm like, don't go out there and try to fail, you know, fail forward and all the stuff, which it's, it's all true. Uh, from my experience, it's all true. I just don't like to pedal that. I like to tell people to be positive about it and go out and just, you know, right. Get stuff done. It's, it's about executing. It really well, is. What, what you said right before that was, it's this accumulative effort, right? It's not just about a failure today. It's about a life of production. It's about a life of effort. And all of those things that you're doing accumulate over time. It's not the person who writes one book or puts out one song or does one product that succeeds. It's the person who does that repeatedly over a life that ends up really building a a solid foundation and having the most success. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, so you alluded to having military experience. How did you end up in the military? What was your route? Uh, I was 18. Um, I, so I played soccer in high school and I had some offers to go play in college. 
Um, and I was like, you know, I played football and everything else, but injuries and whatnot. I was just, so I was always athletic. Uh, and then, but I didn't want to go to college. I just didn't want to play school anymore. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't the best student. I was that guy. I wasn't the best student. And just four more years of school seemed like agony to me. So one day I was sitting in the re the, the, like, um, room at, at, in my high school that, you know, like where the guidance counselors are and stuff like their lounge. Uh -huh. So you can like, look at, look at, uh, you know, and I would taken a few tests for like, what am I going to do in the future? Right. Uh, so I was sitting in there and literally I saw a guy in uniform walk through the door. I was the only one in there besides the secretary and he beelined right to me. And I was like, Ooh, this dude looks sharp. And I didn't know at the time, but it was a Marine Corps uniform. Okay. Right? So he literally walks up, puts his hand out and says, hi, you know, my name is Kevin Daniels and uh, I'm a Marine Corps recruiter. What have you ever thought about joining the Marine Corps? And I was like, absolutely not. I haven't <laughs> until that day. And, and literally he sold me that really? day. And uh, yeah, I, within probably a month, I was, uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps. And then, uh, two weeks after graduation, I was off to Paris Island to boot camp, And, uh, there, there we go. Um, I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I was a reconnaissance Marine here on the East coast stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And, uh, I got out from that uh, and then, uh, shortly a year and a half later, I ended up joining the army. So I made the lap move from the Marine Corps to the army, which isn't very politically correct in the Marine Corps community, <laughs> but, uh, either way. Yep. So I did, then I did six years in the army. So 10 years total. All right. So what were some of the biggest lessons that, uh, life lessons that being in the military taught you? I'd say the biggest, the biggest one for me is that you can handle way more than you ever thought you could. Um, with all the crap that they throw at you in the military, and then you're literally a 19, 20, 21 year old kid planning missions to go do all kinds of manner of things um, is overwhelming. But they give you the tools to be able to do that. So it gives you the confidence to be able it. So basically the confidence to just do things outside of the box and give things a try. Uh, that's probably the biggest life lessons and to never quit, to know that quitting is not an option. Um, yeah, it, it, it really in the in the community that I grew up in, in the military, you just didn't quit. It, because if you quit, other people died. And that right there are the two biggest lessons for, for me. Were well, to never I mean, yeah. What, what bigger lesson could you learn than, than to have some experiences that show you that you can do way more than you think you can? Oh, yeah. And that is something that isn't that common in this world anymore. Right. Um, because we're not getting chased by saber toothed tigers and we're not getting chased around. I mean, life is cushy if you want it to be for the most part. Definitely. Um, so, man, so for those people, I think that that's such a key life lesson for those people who aren't in the military. 
how can they create experiences that teach them that lesson, that they have so much more potential than what they think they have? Yeah. I mean, physically, physically is one thing, right? I mean, we have tons of things that we can do physically to challenge ourselves, but, but what a lot of people don't understand is that doing those physical things is also, it's not your body that won't do it. It's your mind. So doing things like tough mutters or Spartan races, I'm telling you, I, I, they're an invaluable tool to build your resiliency. Um, and another thing is actually dealing with your problems head on instead of like insulating yourself with all kinds of excuses and things like that. Really just put yourself out there and be an authentic person that will get you, you know, resistant. You'll get so much resistance from that, that you'll, get some thick skin quickly and you'll understand how the world works really fast. Right. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a powerful that? connection. Absolutely. That's I think that's a great that's connection. Right. And that's something that you can do with nothing but yourself and the right mindset. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, I love that connection between, you know, being able to push yourself, but like you said, just putting yourself in a position to deal with your problems. I think there are tons of people out there that, aren't willing to just face and acknowledge their problems and do something about it. Well, they're always hiding behind alcohol or drugs or porn or choose your poison. Right. Right. Um, That's all that stuff relieves pressure. And I'm not saying don't have some cocktails with friends and things like that. Right. But I'm saying is don't use it as a way to mask reality. Or they'll get yeah, on and just well, play video games. Like you'll play video games right. and just go into an alternate universe. Again, not saying don't do that because we all need we all need a release sometimes, right? But yeah, well, use yeah. it as a tool. Don't don't hide. Well, I think there's it. those people. There are those people that have gotten so used to an ugly life that they just stay there because that's what they're used to. But there's all these problems that they're not willing it or ready to address that could lead them somewhere else. Right. Absolutely. I was just I was just talking to a, a you know a close loved one the other day who was texting me some some challenges that he's facing and he made the comment um, about some decisions he's trying to make and and they were tough decisions and he you know he said well I'm just scared about all of these things and he listed all of this stuff and I said to him I said man if I were you I'd be scared to live the next 50 years of my life, like you've lived the first 27 years of your life. Right. Uh, just cause he's in a position where I'm like, you've got so much more potential, but you're letting all of these, this fear and anxiety, not addressing your problems, stop you from actually living the life you want to live. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, that's how I live my life now. I, usually if it's not, if it's uncomfortable for me to do it, that usually is a clue that I need to do it. I mean, that sounds so cliche nowadays. Like you hear, you know, a lot of these, you know, self-help gurus and everything, they, they say the same kind of thing, but I think they say it and a lot of people don't do it. Uh, just do yeah, it. Yeah, that's the big piece. So I it's, mean, it, you're really right. It's down to execution too. It's like, just absolutely you don't do it. Just do it. Seriously. Right. Well, What's that's, the you know, that's I, gonna happen? yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and I love that you point out, there are tons of people that spout and spew this stuff, you know, these cliches and this kind of kitschy stuff about, 
getting out and doing it or whatever motivational idea you want to find. There's a thousand people speaking it, but it comes down to execution. It's exactly what you said. You know, in, I wrote a book this year called Escalate, and the first chapter is Motivation is a Lie. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> behind this whole thing. Like, we have all these people out there that are trying to build up some like fictional capacity. It's like they think that there's some motivation meter, like a video game. Yeah. Where if they can fill if they can fill that meter enough, then they're gonna all of a sudden have this enthusiasm and excitement to go out and do stuff. And I'm like, no, you just gotta do it. Like that is the fastest way to build your motivation is to actually go do something. Yeah, and, and it's the fastest way to educate yourself about things that you don't know about. It's just Absolutely. Do it, right. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, I don't have an MBA or anything. I I don't I mean, I do have a degree, I'm not gonna lie, I have education, but I learned way more by doing um, in business than, than I ever could dream of learning about business. Right. Well, and even if you, you know, even if you can spout out and regurgitate a textbook until you've actually done it again, it goes back to that right. Google comment. You're, you're not going to know the nuances. You're not going to know the subtleties that make a difference. Absolutely. Yep. So I like that motivation is a, is a, what, what was it again? I said motivation is a lie. Is a lie. Yeah. I mean, like that carrot with the stick out in front of you, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's about also, I, and, and I use that analogy cause I, I like, I like it as, you know, people see that and they use that carrot as motivation, but a lot of times that carrot's unattainable, right? Yeah. So you've got to make measurable goals that's another example of, of a way to deal with this stuff is, is do something that you know you can do and then make another goal. Right. Absolutely. Well, and that's, so there's actually part of the reason I say motivation is a lie is, is uh, maybe you've heard of it, but there's something called the progress principle and it's uh Teresa Amabile out of Harvard did, you know, a bunch of research, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, what they found is that the thing that motivates people more than anything else is progress on a meaningful goal. Like you yeah, can meaning. listen to, right. You can listen to all the podcasts you want. You can read all the motivational books. You can amp yourself up with music, but unless you go do something that shows progress towards a meaningful <laughs> goal, it's not going to actually motivate you. And that's why I say motivation is a lie. You just got to get out and do something. And if, even if you do one thing, it's going to inspire and motivate you to do other things. It's, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy, the military guy that talks about making your bed in the morning. Yeah, uh, Stanley. Not no, not Stanley McChrystal. It's it's Admiral McRaven was his name. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And his whole point is, yeah, maybe making your bed doesn't have to do with what your big goal is, but at least you got up and you did something right away, and that's going to set the standard for the rest of the day. Yeah, and you accomplish it, and on top of that, you come back to a nice made bed. Absolutely right. You know, it does matter. It. it I do it every morning. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, one of the I, things well, I that think. I do. Yeah, I think just getting up and doing something right away that is productive sets the course for the rest of your day. Yeah, especially. I mean, there's so many different things, uh, you know, people with their morning rituals, right? I, I think it's really important um, to have it. I I have a morning ritual and before I had it, I was very, you know, I'm sitting there scrolling through social media and just wasting time, frankly. Um, so it's, it's really important to have that type of like grounding activity that you start your day with, or you're able to do multiple times throughout a day. So, right. 
Yeah, for me, it's all about intentionality, right? I think there are, I don't know what percent of the population, it's, you know, throwing out a random statistic, but 70% of the population jump up in the morning with no intention to their day other than to show up to work and come home at night. Yeah, right. And by having a routine, you you create that intentionality. Like, you know what? No, I own this day. This day is mine and I'm going to make of it what I want to make of it, not just, you know, laze around through it. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you don't have the goals, I, mean, I don't know. It's like you're just going through the motions. You're living that that life of constant mediocrity. I mean, it's, you know, and you know what? That's okay for some people, but it's not okay for me. I know it's not okay for you. Um, right. And, and it's, it's, you know, I guess that's the difference between people that reach their goals and people that don't. And if your goal is to go to work nine to five and, you know, make money, come home, watch the game, kiss your kids, then more power to you. Right. But um, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's I to your point, it is I think it is okay for some people. And in maybe in contrast for that person, maybe that is a big goal, right? Maybe their family growing up didn't have any of those things. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that maybe that 8 to 5, you know, solid job th that's reliable, being able to come home and kiss kids at night, maybe that was a goal and that's great. But to your point, I think that at some point you have to want to push even more. Like you can't just get complacent and live the same thing for the next 60 years. You got to want to do something new, something di different, push beyond. I mean, re regardless of your religious beliefs, we got like 70 years on this earth if we're lucky. And man. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely the person that I want to live my life without regret. Um, and I feel like maybe people that do what, you know, we were just talking about, they're the people that on their deathbeds are like, man, I wish I had done this or I wish I had done that. And I, I think the, the idea is to not live life that way. Um, yeah. there's, there's a way not to do it. You just have to go out and find the right one for you. I mean, none well, of us have the answers testing. for everybody, right? But you have no, to get out there all. and do it. Right. It's, it's all about testing. It's, you know, try something. If it doesn't work, try something else. Just keep trying stuff until you find the thing that, you know, really resonates and works for you. Absolutely. Can't agree more. Well, so you've got exciting stuff going on. What, what comes next for you? Well, I've got, um, so we're, we're going to build this company, uh, to even bigger than it is now probably expand the product line a little bit. Uh, and it's not something that I can really talk about because a lot of them are military applications and uh, it's not that they're classified or anything. We just don't want to play our hand. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? I get it. Yeah. Um, so there's some more products involved here. And then uh, I'm also part of another venture uh, that, that could be happening. You know, we have to find financing, but it could be happening within the next year. Um, which is pretty huge too, but it's just another business that I have no business being in, but yet I am. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, I, and then I've got a couple other projects where, you know, there's always the, the new podcast or maybe I'm writing a book or in, and I think I've got two books that I'm writing. <laughs> you know how that goes. It's one of those Absolutely. things I kind of fill in the gaps with it. And, um, and I've got a, you know, I have four daughters and a wife that I love and, and that keeps me pretty busy on top of everything else. And, uh, for sure. 
And so I'm just living the dream, man. And I, and I'm open to the universe, just, just kind of whatever comes my way. And if it, if it fits in, Hey, I'll do it. (laughs) Uh, or, or people need my help. Um, that's another thing that I do a lot of is, uh, mentoring. And a lot of people say coaching and I wouldn't say that I coach. I just, I just like to mentor people and help them down the right path, you know? Um, absolutely. So I, I do that quite a bit uh, on different things, you know, whether it's through people like referrals from people and, and, uh, that I know in my network or through, uh, a platform called Veterati, uh, which is for veteran business veterans that need mentorship. So, um, it's, well, it's so you got your hands cool. on a lot of stuff too much. Probably, you know, it's the, yeah. you know, everyone always talks about the niches and, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I've never been somebody to stick to one thing and, um, it's not that they don't get done, but it's, uh, I just can't limit myself like that. It's probably a down, it's probably a, a thing. It's part of my downfall a little bit, but, uh, or I shouldn't say downfall is not the right word, but part of a. I think we all have, you know, yeah. benefits and risks to any choice we make. Absolutely. And so that's one of my issues is I get my hands into a lot of things, but, uh, I'm able to balance at least, you know, I have been for years and we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where all this all goes, where it all takes you. Yeah. It'll be definitely be a ride to watch. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see as long as I stay on the rails, which I think will happen. So awesome. Well, what, uh, what final piece of advice or insight would you offer the audience? I mean, we've kind of beat it to death, uh, on this episode and it's truly just don't be afraid to, to face the hard things in life. And I swear to you, I, I promise that if you do that, you will, you will be better off in the end that if you don't be honest to yourself and others, um, because that's all that we have. Our character and our, our, um, authenticity is all that we have in this world. That's, that's the biggest currency in this world, in my opinion and execute, just get that idea and just give it a shot. Like the worst thing that can happen is, is that you're right back where you started. And then you just try again, you know, don't yep. sit back and just let, you know, everything become medi- mediocre, go out there and really get at it. I love it. Well, and that's been the theme execute. So if you take anything away, I don't know how you could listen to this podcast and not take that away, <laughs> but go out, execute, make things happen. I love that you mentioned authenticity, um, being authentic and, and honest with, uh, with people in your life, um, and yourself, you know, one of the themes that I think surface, that's a really unique one is, um, deal with your problems. Don't just, you know, don't just take execution as something that's all about entrepreneurship, but take execution as a mechanism to actually deal with and work through your problems. Don't let them just sit there and pretend like they don't exist. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Bennett, really appreciated having you on the podcast. Thanks for sharing your uh, your story, your insights. We're excited to see what happens with uh, Battlesite Technologies. See where you go next. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
Absolutely. Well, folks, that's an episode of The Art of Strategic Reaction. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to catching you on the next episode.